and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are going to talk about the Love is Blind cheating drama. <laughs> we're going to celebrate Pride Month with you all. And we're also, I'm sure you all are looking forward to this, we're parsing High School Musical 2. Great Let's stuff. get straight into it. This is a hearty episode. Um, so first category is Tea Time Checks In With. We've been doing it a lot, but a lot has changed this week. We have legitimate, substantial updates for you all. This is celeb relationships in quarantine. First up, the most damning of all, Kate Hallowell, take it away. Um, Timothy Chalamet is off the market again. He broke up with Lily Rose Depp last year, like at the end of the year, and According to people who I don't know how they know, but apparently people say that he did it to focus on his acting career, which is never an excuse that is real. Mm -hmm. Um, But people were like, oh, because he popped up this week in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico with Aza Gonzalez, who you may know as just the stunningly beautiful woman from Baby Driver or Hobbs and Shaw or all (laughs) sorts of things. Or also um, some paparazzi pics of her and Liam Hemsworth came out in the middle yes. of their like relationship. Right. Very upsetting to me personally. She's been right. seen with a lot of guys like who are like, famous. Like good for her. Yeah. Yeah. She dated Josh Duhamel for a while as well. Mm. Um, so now she's with Timmy, which is a pivot for her and also a pivot <laughs> for him. I would say she's kind of like taking a step down maybe and he's taking a step up. But you could also look at it the opposite way because he's very famous. She's less famous. True. Um, so maybe they're on equal footing here. She's 30. He's 24. They actually look. She looks great. He looks OK. He's very tasty. <laughs> he's very skinny. His hey. hair looks great. Um, he's got the curls are just thriving in the Cabo San Lucas heat but he also was pictured like singing to her with a guitar he's like here's Wonderwall and she was like no thank you oh so I don't know how long this will last I don't know if they'd met before I was trying to see if there were pictures of them together because she's been at the Oscars the last couple years Mm. and last year she wore like this stunning like gold dress to the after party the Vanity Fair after party. And of course, he showed up in that like god awful like grease or gas station attendant thing. Mm. And so I was trying to find a picture of them together. So I could be like, how did this happen? I couldn't do it. But yeah, they're together. He needs to wear like 100 SPF because he's yes. looking pretty pasty. <laughs> I'm really excited for this time of year because all the celebs have apparently decided that the coronavirus is no longer an issue and are starting to vacation with each other. Like Bella Hadid, it's not what we're talking about, but Bella Hadid and Hailey Bieber are like in Italy right now. Um, Scott and Courtney are in Wyoming. We could talk about that in a second. But anyway, yeah, all the celebs are starting to just mix the pool and it's, and at least there are more paparazzi pics that will come of it. It's more celebs for us. They're somehow um, immune. I guess congrats yeah, to them. Lucky them. Um, okay. That brings us to Scott and Courtney. I'm talking about Scott Disick and Courtney Kardashian. They vacationed in Wyoming recently for his birthday. But the big drama is that Courtney was photographed, I guess, in one of Scott's flannels. And if you Whoa. recall, Scott Disick and Sophia Richie just recently broke up after three years of dating. Now they're on a family vacation, a normal situation, especially for them who co-parent so closely. But the clothes swapping, Scott's commenting on her pictures, being like, ha cute shirt, like a classic high school move. I don't know. There's some speculation about what's happening. Obviously, nothing real has come out. But keep an eye on that because I would be very, very, very much in favor of that. Okay, next piece of celeb news in quarantine. Uh, This man is doing it better than all of us combined. Talking about Mario, who I don't know how important the song Let Me Love You was to you all, but it was very important to me. I care about him, which is why I'm talking about him. Um, He was interviewed by Page Six Style. And I guess his 
very angelic of a girlfriend is giving him manicures and pedicures in quarantine because obviously the nail salons are not open. And also he doesn't like the smell. So I can't imagine (laughs) getting near a man's feet even Mario's, like, to give him pedicures. Props to her. Uh, He also said that he's getting very into, like, his beauty routine. He was talking about charcoal facials and black seed oil and jojoba oil. He's really doing quarantine quite well. He also said he's taking up gardening and farming and yard work. Anyway, Mario and his girlfriend are having much better experience, I feel like, than the average Joe. Um, And then the other very random piece of celeb quarantine relationship news I have for you guys is the love is blind cheating drama. So Mm. this is for all three people that care about this. But (laughs) if you recall, Mark and Jessica dated on the show, actually got engaged slash married. They broke up. Mark then went on to date a former contestant, Elsie. But this drama unfolded on Reddit, of all places, where this woman in a Love is Blind thread was talking about how her coworker's friend is dating Mark. And then Elsie commented, was like, LOL, I'm dating Mark, (gasps) basically. And that's how it came out. And then she's like, haha, this is Elsie from Love is Blind. So anyway, she broke up with him. Mark is denying it. Jessica's saying he was sleeping with women while they were filming the show. Pretty messy stuff, um, and I can't believe we're still talking about oh. all these contestants, really. Hey, I can't think of a worse look than to be on the Reddit of a show that you're associated with. <laughs> I know like, that you are on. <laughs> at least have a burner. Like, at, Months later, months later, still wow. scrolling through those threads. Oh, that is so tough. Yeah, and then for the same three people, Cameron and Lauren are doing absolutely great. They're going to be on Ellen DeGeneres' new TV oh. network, and they're going to be game show hosts. So at least— <laughs> Some people are sure. doing well. So good for them. Um, okay, next piece of news. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, as we are talking about quarantine, apparently quarantine is bringing Neo and his wife, His th- we all thought they were going to get divorced. Apparently quarantine is treating them well. He's like, nope, just kidding. We're really locking back in together with the wife and kids. So quarantine happened and... They're not getting divorced anymore. So you know what? Some good is coming out of this, I guess. Absolutely. And then another piece of good news that came out just this morning is that Emma Roberts is pregnant with Garrett Hedlund's baby. And it's very exciting stuff. They were first linked in March of 2019. I can't believe how much time has passed. I don't know what this is. I remember first talking about this being like, oh my God, Garrett Hedlund. Anyway, they're having a baby. No other news has come out about it, but very exciting. Great news. Babies are in, man. They really aren't. bored and having babies. Okay, next category is this week in social media slash not worth the tea. We continue to group these two things together. Um, Kate, go ahead. Okay, the K-pop stands were back in the news this week because they basically, I'm sure you saw it, but the Trump rally in Tulsa was super like underattended. Um, and it's because supposedly TikTok teens and K-pop stands, there's a lot of overlap there, but not entirely basically registered for tickets online and then didn't go. And so there ended up being like, I don't know the exact number, but it was like way, way lower than they expected. So everyone obviously was very tickled by this news story, which I get it. We want like fun things to fixate on. So suddenly like the K-pop stands were everywhere, which as a K-pop stand, I like was into and then abruptly wasn't into. (laughs) For example, Fox News did a segment where it was like fans of the group K-pop 
Uh, like, oh no! <laughs> went after Trump's rally. Uh, they also did a segment interviewing a K-pop group and like randomly asked them about it, which I was like, they don't know. It was the yeah. American fans that did it. They're not like it's not foreign interference, which has also been <laughs> talked about now. And then John Oliver also did a segment about BTS and the K-pop stands, and he was like, he can get it. And I was like, that's not anything I ever needed to hear John Oliver say about a K-pop star. So yeah. basically, I would like to go back. I would like <laughs> us to be excluded from this narrative and just continue being active and creating change but I don't want people to be talking about certainly not Fox News no but not John any Oliver, of the locals he's funny he's funny no he's okay. fine I'll allow it okay thank okay, you okay next one so I don't know if you guys recall a, like I don't know eight years ago I guess it happened it was the infamous monkey Christ incident incident <laughs> where some you know a devout parishioner as it's as she's been called by the Guardian, uh, attempted to restore a painting of Christ in a, a Spanish town, and it made headlines around the world because it was like this. Just you know, this old lady she attempted to fix this picture of Christ, but it turned into a man who looks kind of like a monkey. Do you guys remember that? Oh, I yes. will never forget it. It's, it's burned just, into my brain. She tried so. I don't know if hard is the correct word because it did not turn out well. It just it's, it looked. It's like yeah. the meme where it's like an attempt was made. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like he has a mouth, apparently the weird little beady eyes. It's just it's not good. I'm sure you all have heard of the story. Well, guess what? It happened again. And it happened in Spain again. In the town of Valencia, there was some guy charged um, 1,200 pounds or no euros, sorry, to a furniture restorer to have the picture of the Virgin Mary cleaned. But again, it's not as bad as Monkey Christ, but it is definitely like your third grade cousin who painted a picture of you in art class. And it's just, she's unrecognizable. It's not good. And now conservation experts in Spain are calling for a tightening of laws. <laughs> because Sorry, of- I have been losing it this entire time. How did we get here? Why are we talking about this category? I know you say it's this a lot. It's not like, list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, okay. I have to say, I you know how people are like, give me like the unearned confidence of like a white man. I yeah. want the unearned confidence sure. of a Spanish parishioner who's like, <laughs> I can fix this. I can exactly. make this painting better. <laughs> and they, you know, they tried, but wow. Not, not An great. attempt was made. So. Not great. Um, just moving right along in this category <laughs> that's very cohesive is apparently a new photo of the Loch Ness Monster came out. It was taken, obviously, in the Scottish Highlands where the Loch Ness is. Um, So it, quote, sparked new interest in Nessie. And I don't know about you all, but I do believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real. So I was very intrigued by this news. I actually used to watch this TV show where it was like searching for the Loch Ness Monster. I think it was on Discovery or something. Me and my brother watch it. Anyway, um, turns out that this creature was just a gigantic, almost 300-pound catfish, (laughs) which live in that lake, I guess. Had no idea catfish get that large. And also brings me back to that video, Kate, do you recall where the person's digging and they like put um, <sighs> Coke yes. and Mentos and whatever, and then out comes a catfish? I'll post it for everyone somewhere. <laughs> Don't post the video of me watching it though. Post just the main video. I'll do I know side you by have side. A video. Anyway, oh, yeah, we're I just about that. dying for animal con- wildlife content, you guys, and this is all we could get. So we're gonna take it. 
It was a really big catfish, for what it's worth. It was so big. It was almost Ew. nine feet long. The, so there's gross. a photo of this man holding it, and he's just absolutely being overcome by this creature. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyway, the search for Nessie continues. Ugh. So y'all just keep one eye open for that. Um, okay, next one. There's no way to transition, but no, um, there's not. <laughs> ja Rule has recorded a low-budget TV commercial for a Greek restaurant in Los Angeles, and it's already racked up millions of views. The restaurant's called Papa Christos, and he's just he's just shilling for them. He's like, they have the best motherfucking gyros you've ever ate in your fucking life. It's delicious. He can't pronounce some of the Greek dishes, which I can't blame him because they're hard words. Um but anyway, he, he says, you can't even pronounce the food. It's so goddamn good, which I agree because Greek food is delicious. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. But anyway, it's like a minute long commercial and he's dancing and he's talking about how he loves the food and he calls himself, I mean, not in the commercial, but he says that he's a, a marketing genius. But as you'll remember, he also tried to market. Well, I guess it, it did work. He marketed the fire festival and it tricked people into thinking it was going to actually be a really cool influencer festival and that didn't happen. But anyway, now I kind of want Greek food and maybe <laughs> I will go to Papa Cristo's in Los Angeles. I don't know. There you go. It worked. Um, I, I put this in the outline. Was This piece of news was literally made for you, Amelia. You did that justice. I'm so happy for you. I was laughing the whole time. Um, and then this last piece, I guess no one wanted to take, so I'll just quickly say it. Post Malone got another face tattoo <laughs> and it's a gigantic flaming skull. Okay. So face let's is a end stretch. There. It's on his head. Mm. It's on his skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on to better things. Um, the month of June is Pride Month. This is Tea Time Celebrates Pride Month. We're late. June's almost ending. Um, but we're going to give you some recommendations of things we've been reading and following, etc. So, Kate, start us off. All right. I watched this movie um, at the beginning of the month with my mom, and it was just delightful. And I was going to recommend it anyway, but it fits into this category. This is called The Half of It. And it's a Netflix movie by Alice Wu, who is a really great queer director. She's done a couple other movies, but she basically wrote this movie. It's like a gender swap Cyrano de Bergerac, like in high school, where this girl starts writing love letters for this guy who's in love with this girl. And then she falls in love with the girl. And it like is very cute, Ooh. very happy. But fun fact, I was reading about this movie and Alice Wu, when she had um, writer's block, when she was writing the script, to motivate herself, she wrote a check to the NRA and gave it to her friend and was like, if I don't turn in my script by this date, like cash that check. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is so hardcore. Um, and it Holy worked, shit. apparently. And the movie was great. So <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's really, really cute. Um, That's funny. badass, honestly. That I Next know. time I do anything, it's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and then my other recommendation is, I've talked about Tom and Lorenzo before on the podcast because they're like my favorite sort of like bitchy, smart fashion bloggers. But they wrote a book called Legendary Children, which is about RuPaul's Drag Race and like the last century of queer life. And it's all about like trans culture, drag culture um, and how it's like affected basically queer people today. And it's just fascinating. It has it, I love a book that like ties a popular TV show into like life and like teaches you things mm -hmm. about it, but like references the show. And it's really, really fun. I also just really recommend reading their site because... They, they're really smart. They have a podcast and they just are really, really funny about like fashion and gay culture and and everything. So highly recommend. Um, I've also been reading on The Cut. There's no bigger fan of The Cut than Liz Kelly. And also <laughs> Tea Time as a whole. I feel like that's yeah. half of what we talk about is just what's posted there. Um, but they're doing this series called Pride Essentials where... 
They're asking their favorite LGBTQ plus artists to share the influences that have like made them who they are today. Um, so if a couple have come out, um, one is with the novelist, Nicole Dennis-Ben. Another is a comedian, Joel Kim Booster, who's a great follow on mm. Twitter. Anyway, it's just like what inspires you, what makes you who you are. Um, I love the writing behind it. I love the people. And it's instead of like logging on and following the news as closely as I do, I'm trying to take one step back and read and learn about other things besides the coronavirus pandemic. So I'd highly <laughs> recommend that. Um, Amelia, you have Rex? Nice. Uh, yes. So my first recommendation is this documentary called Howard. And apparently it was supposed to be on Disney Plus by the end of last year, but I can't find it on there. So fix it, Disney Plus. Um, it's about a man called Howard Ashman, who, if you grew up in the 90s at all, or even the 2000s, or, or a child right now, you've probably seen Beauty and the Beast, you've seen The Little Mermaid, you've seen Aladdin, obviously. Um, and he is the guy responsible for all of the lyrics, essentially, from those films. Not all of Aladdin, because he actually died half uh, halfway through, but... He um, is credited to pretty much helping revive the Walt Disney Animation Studio. And he was a genius and he was gay and he died of AIDS. And it's just like this really beautiful documentary. And it's a really interesting history of someone who I think, um, you know, we, we know those movies, we know those films, we know those songs, but we don't really know the, the person behind them. So um, I highly recommend it. It's really good. Um, another recommendation is I recently started watching Pose, mm. which is also on Netflix. It's really good. And it just it's a look inside the ball culture of I think it's is it in it's in New York, right? Mm -hmm. New York. And um, it's like in the late 80s and early 90s. And it's it's really interesting. And they have a lot of transgender and non-binary actors actually portraying transgender and, you know, non-binary characters. So that's great. And then also, if you're looking for some free content, uh, I highly recommend going over to World of Wonders YouTube channel. You can just type in World of Wonder and they're the production company behind RuPaul's Drag Race. And they have just a, a really great catalog of like funny content from a lot of the drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race and as well as historical content. They had a series on uh, Stonewall 50 and it's just it's a great free resource. So head there. Um, and then lastly, I feel like we can't talk about watching things, especially in the month of June with the new season out is the new season of Queer Eye. I know it's very low hanging fruit, very basic <laughs> answer, like bare minimum of what you should be like consuming during the month. <laughs> Fully aware of that. And I'm recommending it not necessarily like for the Fab Five, but the people that they help are so sweet and deserving. And every single episode makes me cry. Again, not because like <laughs> Antony's in the kitchen making guacamole, but the people <laughs> themselves and the lives that you really get a glimpse into are just so heartwarming, literally without fail every episode I'm crying. So I'd go back and watch all of the seasons. They go all around the world. One season was in Japan. Most of it's in the U.S. Um, but yeah, season five just came out on Netflix. And I feel like there's no signs of stopping. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So um, watch that. Very easy, nice watching. Okay, next one is who to follow. So Kate, you're up first. Um, we wanted to recommend some people and some accounts to follow like on Twitter, Instagram, and I wanted to recommend, too, that I've just been following forever that I just feel like 
by virtue of just like following their like daily tweets and their lives have just like taught me a lot without like me trying to educate myself. You know, I think I think there's just a lot to be said for filling up your timeline with points of view that aren't your own and just letting their points of view kind of soak into your own over time. Um, So these are two people that have definitely done that for me over the years. Um, So one of them is Grace Lavery, who is a trans woman who is a PhD at Berkeley. And she is just one of the most like open, I would say oversharing, but it's like so vital that I'm not going to phrase it like that. But she's just super, super open about like her transition and her life as a trans woman and the things that she faces. Um, She's also married to Danny Lavery, who's an author that you guys might know. And just like they they got married recently and and just like their experience of being trans and being together and being happy and just like sharing that sort of day-to-day life has been just like wonderful to watch and really educational for me since obviously that's a point of view that I don't have. Um, and then and also they're just so smart. Like she has a PhD, Danny's an author. They're just like <laughs> extremely smart people and really entertaining and funny. And then Travel Anderson, who was the director of Culture It Out, and they recently worked on the Netflix doc Disclosure, which is about um, the portrayal of trans people in film. And basically the doc is all about, you know, it ranges from everything about, you know, how cis men shouldn't play trans people on screen to basically talking about like trans representation in like really old film and the argument that like being trans isn't new, historically something that's been around forever. So Travel is great and just like unapologetic and fabulous and has great makeup. And <laughs> these are I, tr- both Grace and Travel are just like really open about their experiences. Really, really smart. And I just highly recommend great follows, both of them. Yeah. Um, I'm recommending a woman on Instagram at Gab Alexa. Her name is Gabrielle Alexa. Um, she's been picking up steam. She's recently been interviewed by Bustle and Shape. That's where I found her. Um, but she's written for like Elle, Galore, Vice, Slay, a bunch of other places. And I recommend her on Instagram only because that's the main social media that I'm on these days. But um, she has a lot of amazing resources, especially recently, just like Kate, I've been trying to fill up my Instagram, not so much with pictures on the beach of girls like in Florida, (laughs) but actually educate myself and like worthwhile follow. So she is definitely one of them. Again, it's at Gab Alexa. And she has just a lot of resources on places to donate, to support the Black Lives Matter movement, things to read. I'd recommend both reading what she's written and then the pieces that she's recommending as well. Um, yeah, highly recommend. She just has a lot of great resources for people, especially as time goes on and you want to stay involved and continue to educate yourself. She has a lot of stuff pinned too, which makes it very easy to go back and just like continue to remind yourself on like how to keep supporting Black Lives Matter and other movements like that. So that's mine. Um, And then the other one is uh, a guy named Owen Thiel. He is actually a friend of a friend, but I don't know him at all. I just admire him from afar. (sighs) He's an actor slash comedian, but he's also just like kind of an Instagram guy. Um, You can find him at Owen Thiel on Instagram. He's one of Cassie David's very best friends. So he's obviously been in the spotlight a bit. And he's been putting up a lot of those. I feel like on Instagram, there's been a lot of like those short comedic videos I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking Mm. about. I feel like there's a lot more of that. And his are so, so fucking good. He's just, he calls out a lot, I think because he's been surrounded by just like privileged white people and especially privileged white women, Cassie David being one of them. Um, I feel like he calls it out in a very specific and very funny way because we need to be called out. Um, And so, yeah, highly recommend Owen Thiel. And he's also friends with John Mayer now. So just cool guy in general. There you go. (laughs) Um, Okay, next one. 
And then the final one is just this is it's it's a it's a, I guess it's a just a Instagram page full of um Pride history. Um, the handle is LGBT underscore history. And it's just uh, a lot of really great resources and just great images from it, it's kind of like a historical archive. And they just post a lot about, you know, historical figures in the LGBT plus community. And it's, I don't know, I really like looking at it. It's fun. And also, I just really like looking at photos and they have a lot of great (laughs) photos. So um, if you're into that too, uh, I follow a lot of like history kind of um, accounts on Instagram. So if you're like me and you like following history accounts that have fun facts and good resources, follow that account. Just follow some gay people, you guys, on social exactly. media. It'll make your feeds so much better. Imagine following all straight people. Couldn't be me. Sounds okay. horrible. Yes, agreed. Um, okay, shall we? Shall we do cringe mode? Let's do it. All right, you guys, we know you've been waiting. It's the second edition of Cringe Mode High School Musical. Uh, Kate. Does this, does this movie have a title other than High School Musical 2? Is it no, like it High School not. Musical 2? No. You know, two high school, two musical. No, no it does not. Of course not. Um, are you kidding? <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but you are so good at things like this. Do you want to give like just two sentence recap <laughs> on the plot of High School Musical 2? It's so bad. Um, <laughs> so That's it, one sentence out of two? So they looked at the first High School Musical movie and they were like, let's take what people liked about it, the high school, and let's get rid of it. And so this, this movie starts... At the beginning of summer vacation, they have to come up with some half-baked plan to keep the characters together. So they all go and work at a country club that the Sharpay Evans family owns. There's all sorts of shit that goes down. They're all terrible employees. We'll get into it. Um, but yeah, it's just drama at the country club, which is just a terrible premise for a movie. It's true. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Having said that, let's talk about some highlights, guys. We, okay. We're about... Two hours into this movie, like an hour and a half into this movie, and I had like no highlights. I was like, this is, <laughs> this says a lot about our watching experience. My Amelia, highlight isn't it? even, yeah, my highlight isn't even a highlight. Amelia, please. No. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, I feel bad. Well, I don't feel bad because this, like we've said in the past, this movie is a cash cow, but I feel like the runaway success of the first one, they were kind of like, we have to put it together. We have to get something out there quick. So they didn't have a lot of time because this literally came out like a year later, maybe not even a year later. Anyway, I, I'm just really happy we get to see the continuation of Zeke's lifelong dream to become a pastry chef. And he is outfitted in a nice little pastry chef outfit with the little chef hat. He's got a little, I don't know, ascot maybe around his neck. And he's clearly pumped that he gets the chance to study under some random chef at the country club. But I'm, I'm happy that he's living out his dreams of becoming a chef. Good for him. I've never watched one of these movies and been like, damn it, I'm tired of seeing Zeke. Like, why does Zeke Love not Zeke. get more screen time? He's great. I don't know. Okay. My highlight for High School Musical 2 comes about during just a momentous baseball game. And we'll get into that a little bit more later, but it's the staff of the country club playing against, I believe the members of the country club. There's some sort of, some sort of team playing against the staff. (laughs) And Chad Danforth played by Corbin blue is obviously very athletic. He is not very confident in his masculinity and he's very threatened by Ryan Evans, who is playing for the other team. 
but perhaps not. Maybe they play for the same team. By which Maybe. I mean the homoerotic tension in the baseball game. There's obviously a song. It's called I Don't Dance. And the whole song, the whole song is is Chad being like, I don't dance. And Ryan being like, I know you can. And they're going back and forth. There's a lot of handling of phallic objects. There's a lot of sexual <laughs> tension. There's yep. a lot of reference to playing for one team, playing yep. for the other team, swinging yep. back and forth. Hell um, yeah. And so I was watching this and I was like, this is over. Like, it's this is the most clearly a blatantly homoerotic song I've ever seen. I looked it up. And my first instinct before I even looked it up on the internet was to go to a fan fiction website because I was like, the people know, <laughs> the people know where to go. Of so I went to, I went to Archive of Our Own, which is the biggest fan fiction website. And I looked up high school musical fan fiction and I, you can separate it by like ships. So like, obviously, Gabrielle and Troy is like, obviously the main ship of high school musical. However, by far the most popular ship in I the mean, high school musical category, mm, accounting for over half of all ships. In High School Musical, Chad Danforth and Ryan Evans. Wow. I love uh, it. So my instincts were correct. I think they're like canonically gay. They switch outfits at the end of the song. Like I'm, I'm sold. Unfortunately, that song itself was in a, <laughs> in the worst song category, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But having that knowledge now, it might change my mind. I just don't great. like the actual lyrics and I don't like it on the baseball field. Yeah. Um, the only highlight I could come up with was the actual setting of the movie. The um, Arizona golf course and the little resort where they live reminded me a lot of the Teletubbies set um, and where the Teletubbies live, which is like these nice rolling hills that are bright green and like you're all kind of just like running around on them, in which is aesthetically pleasing to the eye, like the deep red tones of the mountains. Zac Efron's all black little like suit thing as he's running around singing mm. about how he's like all torn up. But um, yeah, it was a nice aesthetically pleasing Setting, I suppose. Agreed. Do the Teletubbies live on a golf course? Don't they like come out of little holes? No, they live in like a nice home, like a nice, like a meadow. Oh, they kind yeah. of live in like a hobbit land, like in the Shire. Yeah, they kind of live in that. So it's not actually a golf course. I think that's just like their land. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'll double check that and get back to you. Great. <laughs> okay, Thanks. now for the thickest category of all, the low lights. I could not get over why the budget of this movie appeared to be so low. The and we talked about the first movie, how it looked really good, like the sets were really good. Obviously, the, the clothes were not great, which we'll get to in a moment. But this movie, for some reason, like the editing and the dialogue, it really like felt like a sitcom at times, mm-hmm. which I was like, the first movie was a smash hit. So like, even if this one's going to be worse, it should look better. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, yeah. I was really taken off guard by that same. It's the. Gabriella, I'm just going to call them by their real name, Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens go on a date on the golf course. And then the sprinklers go on because Ashley Tisdale slash Sharpay like sets them off. So then they're running around getting wet on this, in the sprinklers on the golf course. And it's literally close-ups of their face and they're just smiling and laughing. But Zach Efron's VO is going, we're going to get so wet. Oh my God, get real. Like he's speaking the whole time, but he's just smiling throughout like it. Like the ADR, it was like really yeah. off. Yeah, and she's saying things, but the whole shot is just them like with smiles on their faces. It's like, who double-checked that footage? No what names? Yeah, I don't know why it was so bad. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, there, <laughs> there's definitely that. The VO is bad. There's also a lot of bad random placements of basketballs, <laughs> as in, you know, Classic. the actual ball, right? Not the, uh, They do mention the sport a lot. They're like, oh my God, did you see those tall people? Which, okay. <laughs> um, 
But one example that I love is that when Troy and his dad are fixing a car together and there's no reason for a basketball to be inside the hood of the car, but <laughs> it appears there and it's there for the entire scene. Um, we don't really know why, but it's it's just there. Uh, another great basketball moment is when Troy is going to go with the Red Hawks from the University of Albuquerque uh, to one of their like practices and he doesn't invite the rest of the um, East High. Uh, why am I blanking? Wildcats. Amelia, they're so the Wildcats. Sorry. sorry. I'm so, okay. Sorry. Sorry. So he doesn't invite the rest of the East High Wildcats. Ah. I just, I'm sorry. I was just so taken by the scene. And Chad literally yells at Troy, Hey, Bolton, that's my ball. Like he <laughs> gets very. I don't, I don't know. A lot of plot holes here. People. There's a lot of plot holes involving basketballs. Um, another. A little bone to pick is, excuse me, what the hell is with the CGI? There is <laughs> horrible. See, and again, the golf course scene comes back again because we've got a really bad CGI of Zac Efron's face in the water. Do you remember that? Do you yeah, remember I that? don't. What happens? When it's, he's singing like his song that we're going to talk about later yeah. and he like looks into the, his reflection. It's, it's the, awful. It's mm. so bad. It's, I don't know why they couldn't have made it more water-like, it's, they just put an image of him in the water that looks like oh it was just a straight-on shot. It's fine. Um, and then also at the end of the film, the fireworks, not good. Those are pretty <laughs> fake looking. Same with the shooting star that just randomly like goes over the entire golf course. I just, the CGI, what the hell? Are, why are we even doing this? I don't really know. Bad. Also, low lights. I'm so sorry. I know it was like in style at the time, but the clothes are <laughs> damning. They are they damning. Are. The amount of fedoras and newsboy caps <laughs> that that fucking, um, what do they call? Um, Kelsey? Kelsey. Yes, Kelsey. The fact that they put her in every scene that she's in in a newsboy cap that's a different color <laughs> and different pattern is horrible, is inexcusable. I can't believe it. There's a lot of Bermuda shorts, which were popular yes. at the time. I actually wore a fair amount of Bermuda shorts. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, why did we do that? It's actually tall know. people, a lot of material. I know. I, just, no, I think it looks better on tall people. You think? It's just because you have long legs. Well, okay, that's true. Also, right yeah. above the knee. <laughs> Can we just talk about the T necklace? Yeah. That looks like Troy got a T necklace out of a fucking 25 cent machine. Oh, uh, who do you think got the worst, like the shortest end of the stick costume wise? I feel like Corbin Blue slash Chad, fine. Vanessa yeah. Hudge and Zach Efron, like they both fine. fine. Yeah, they're fine. Ashley Tisdale, her Sharpay. Oh was put in some pretty um, theatrical. And I, know I that's still think character. it's Kelsey. Kelsey yeah. got like the dual fedora <laughs> Bermuda shorts. Yeah. Big glasses. She's a beautiful girl. They should have like, they were, that was actually the, I'm sure we hadn't aged out of this yet. We're like, you put a pair of glasses on. They're like, that's the nerd. And then you take them off yeah. and it's like, the nerd's <laughs> hot now. Like that was the era in which we were working True. in, um, which was yeah. not a good time. Really tough. So, Talking about the clothes and how badly they've aged. What else has aged really terribly? So the Bermuda shorts, awful. Well, you know what? One thing I will say about this movie, I think the dads, the daddies have stayed hot <laughs> after, all, after all these years. And I'm talking about Coach Bolton, great <laughs> hair. He's just a handsome guy, okay? Like, you know, you can't be ugly to birth a, help birth a son that looks like Zac Efron. Um, and... Rich Daddy Evans, 
I mean, oh my god, he's not ugly for an older man, and he's I rich. Want, so I want you to check yourself because you also forgot another older male character in this movie, no. which is the hotel manager, Mr. No. Fulton, Amelia. If you're gonna talk about two, you okay. gotta talk about all three. Okay, wait. Okay, great. Let's play my favorite game. Fuck Mary Kill. Oh. No, Co- no, yes. no, yes. no. Yes. Coach Bolton. Daddy Evans. Stop. Don't call him that. <laughs> it's how he's written that. in the outline. I didn't yes. write this. <laughs> Amelia. Here, I'll, Amelia put it in here, so I'll make her do it. Amelia. Okay. FMK. This is hard. Well, obviously, I'm sorry, Liz, but I'm going to kill Fulton because he's it. such a pushover. He's kind of a stick um, in the mud. He is a stick in the mud. But it's hard because Rich Daddy Evans, it's like he would buy you the world. That's awesome. Um, except for Coach Bolton. I mean... He's so He's, he's kind of got he yeah, he looks pretty he good. Get it. He's and cute. also he's a good dad. He's like he doesn't buy his kids love. <laughs> he's, he's very a, hard on Troy. He's a little okay, harsh. He, he he does scream a bunch. He does scream a lot. But you know what? I just see that as dedication. Um honestly, I oh god, this is hard. I think I would well <laughs> Oh Mary Mary Bolton. Fuck wow. Rich yeah. Daddy Evans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the wrong choice. Sure. Okay. I'll allow it. Sure. All right. <laughs> um, also, I just want to bring up this point. I'm not sure if you guys agree with me. Do you feel as though all these kids are actually incredibly bad employees? Yes. And Mr. Yes. Fulton, who is a stick in the mud, is actually, now that I may be older and also a stick in the mud, <laughs> understand completely. Yes. He gave Choi three chances. That's better than any normal job where it's like you mess up once and you're True. out. It feels like all the kids are just running around. Every time there's a kitchen scene, there's no food out. They're all just chatting. None of their hair is tied up in an appropriate oh way. Oh my God. It feels like the resort is being run by like children. children. Yeah, I agree. Awful. And then also they were swimming in the pool at night. Not okay. A date in the middle of the day on the golf course. Yeah. There's probably a large group of people wanting to use that golf course that Troy and Gabriella are just commandeering. I think the best employee is Taylor, whose sole job it seemed like was to just drive Mr. Fulton around in the golf cart. Do you guys remember? And like, yes. just really stayed her lane. She wants that summer yeah. money, doesn't want to get fired. True. Um, I had a lot of respect for Taylor. Yeah. She's okay. similar to us, probably. <laughs> yeah. Afraid of authority. Look, and- look inside, Liz. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Okay. MVPs. Go ahead. My MVP is Gabriella Montez, mm-hmm. whose character was completely abandoned in this movie. She had no storyline whatsoever, except for Troy standing her up on dates, leading the occasional water aerobics class. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah. she wears the same outfit for half the movie. I was like, Sharpay <laughs> gets a costume change every other scene. Gabrielle yeah. literally has nothing to do. This whole movie is about Troy. They made her do jumping jacks and flip-flops, which is honestly torture. That's and I true. can't imagine how many times they had to shoot that scene, and that didn't seem fun. That's true. Um, she pulled that off, so that's why she's my MVP. There was also a lot of running on the wet concrete. Yeah. Terrible. Dangerous times on that Dangerous. set. Um, my MVP is Corbin Blue slash, mm. why do I keep forgetting his name? His name is Chad. Chad Danforth. Chad, Chad Danforth, Danforth, sorry. Iconic Chad. It's really hard to have to act that theatrically and be like, come on, man. Dancing's not hard. Like, True. baseball and basketball are hard. And have it not be just kind of really lame. And I, honestly, I, I didn't find it lame at all. He, he sold it. And that's very difficult to do. He could also, but, like, come off as a villain if he wasn't likable. True. Like, yes. He could almost be the villain of these movies if he wasn't, like, very charming. Yes. But that's quickly— true. I want to give a shout out to Martha, also the cook slash pastry chef. For some reason, my eyes are just drawn to her in every scene. Didn't have a lot of lines. Was Is she the one who dances? There. No, she's the one. Pop, who lock, has- and drop. Right? She's yes. the dancing one, right? Yeah. What dancing one? 
The girl is like, I want to dance in the first movie. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I gave her a shout out last episode too. I think I just really like the character of Martha. Um, She does a lot with very little time. Very little time. It's true. (laughs) All right, who's your MVP, Amelia? Um, I would say Zac Efron's dancing because every time I watched a scene of him dancing, he really put his full body into the motions. And you know what? He's great. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but some of the it's embarrassing to do some of the moves that they forced him to do. <laughs> yeah, and instead of doing it half ass, he fully, he fully went for it. He commits. Yes. He, commits. he really does, and I he appreciate does. that. Um, before you all are sick about talking about High School Musical too, let's quickly <laughs> go over the best slash worst musical numbers. Okay, okay I think first. we're going from worst to best here. Yes, I think so. Lizzie, reorder yours if you need to. Okay. But, um, <laughs> first, we have to talk about the Hawaiian song. There's a song. Oh, in this movie that was cut from the televised version but exists in the Disney Plus version, which was a mistake, frankly, yeah. because it's called Huma Huma Nuku Nuku Wapua'a, which is the state fish of Hawaii, if you didn't know. Yep. And it's the most problematic thing I've ever seen, first of all. Yes. Sharpay and Ryan dress up as, like, traditional Hawaiian, like, hula dancers and tell, like, this over-the-top story about some Hawaiian princess. And it's unlistenable and unwatchable in addition to being, like, super appropriative. Um, yeah. And it's like they, genuinely one of the worst worst experiences I've ever had in my life watching it. It was it's awful. Yeah, I'm surprised the lyrics are really, really, really bad. Ooh. They it, they make it like very kitschy and very it's it's real. Watching it back now is very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially the way that Ashley Tisdale is dancing and the way that she like it's like almost like a cartoon like version of it, which it's is offensive. It is. It really, really is. And it's in just ev- all, in every way. Also two white to your people ears. singing it. It's just, yeah. Nope. It's not good. Awful. No. Um, before I saw this song, I was like, by far the worst song in this movie is Work It Out. Work This Out. Which is when they're all dancing in the kitchen and complaining, mm-hmm. being like, what do you mean we have to work at our summer jobs? Right. And so, it, it, first of all, it sounds terrible. Zac Efron singing like wasn't auto-tuned in parts of the song, which like no shade to him, but like it, he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so bad. It's just Chad complaining about not wanting to work and Troy being like, we can do it because we're the Wildcats and we're a championship winning team. I was like, you're high schoolers. Again, bad employees. True. Terrible employees. Really tough to watch. Very unsanitary. (laughs) Uh, Not into it. Yes. Uh, We're getting better. You are right, Kate, as this list goes on, but still don't like the Hey, Batter, Batter, I Don't Dance song. (laughs) I felt as though that was just a bad song and I felt... um, yeah, I just don't, I just simply don't like it. I think a lot of these songs in the second one are so much worse than the first. Not and I have to say, it. if you had told me a week ago to sing a song from High School Musical 2 for a million dollars, I would not have been able to do it. But for <laughs> yeah. some reason, as I was watching this movie, I knew all of them. Yeah, like, I know. How? How did we know Fabulous and like this next oh, one, You Are the Music right. in Me? Yes, You Are the Music in Me. I knew all of those lyrics. Where were that, Where was that stored in my brain? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I don't know any of the presidents like in order. And yet I, You Are the Music in Me comes on and I'm singing along every word. It's embarrassing. But I do like that song a lot. Amelia, what's your best song? <sighs> okay. I am sorry, but bet on it which is also known as the golf course scene that is a sole performance by Zac Efron and his little dark well it's it's a black outfit um and i think he might have had to dye his hair his hair looks darker in this movie i don't know if it's for like hairspray or something i don't know um but anyway he looks tan he looks great and again he's just really pushing it with all the dance moves he is like you know what they didn't use my voice in the first movie. Maybe they used a little bit, but 
and and now they're using it in this movie. So I'm going to have to compensate or overcompensate for (laughs) my lack of a, you know, I I don't want to say he's a bad singer, but like not the, (laughs) he doesn't have the most powerful voice. I'm going to make up for it with my dance moves. And he gets into it. This is also really <laughs> great blackmail um, material for anyone who I guess ever wants to blackmail Zac Efron. You have the whole, this on the internet. It's already out in the world, Amelia. <laughs> that's that's true. You but can't like hold it against him. <laughs> you can. Yeah, that's true. It's iconic. It's a meme too. Which like I, it I is. I mean, you see it everywhere. But the one yeah. move where he's like, he like, I can't. I don't know. How oh to yeah, I know exactly. Shout yeah. out. He like and lifts he, up his hands. Yeah. I don't. Yes. And it's he flicks amazing. his hands. And then he has like a scene with like some golf clubs. And again, yes. the water oh, yeah. scene. And he yeah. throws the golf club just yes. like out into the, like probably hitting some old man that was on that course. Just probably. But you know what? He doesn't so. care. He's like, no. I'm going to bring it. And he did right. bring it. So God bless you, Zach. Is this Efron. his apex mountain? Yes. Look, I use the rewatchable sure. term. Yeah. Let's say, to Ringer. Because- Let's say it is. Let's say it is. So next week we're doing the third rendition. Uh, wow. And then maybe we're going to do High School, the Musical, the Musical, the Series, right? After that. Well, maybe Ooh. just continue the canon forever. We could do sure. Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Please no. Oh my God. We should do okay. the extended High School Musical canon <laughs> yes. like we did with Twilight. All in okay. one week. Okay. And we can check in with all the actors because I am curious where oh, all yeah. these people went. Yes. Okay. Last category is unanswerable questions. Kate, go ahead. All right, my question is, who is your absolute dream actors-on-actors duo? This I'm Mm. referring to Variety's actors-on-actors issue that they do every year. Usually they have a very, obviously, high production value and have these actors talking to each other and interviewing each other. This year it's on Zoom. Mm. Um, But there's just a a wide array of actors talking to each other on Zoom. Um, You've got Anne Hathaway with Hugh Jackman, Regina King with Reese Witherspoon, Sandra Oh with Kerry Washington... Zendaya with MJ Rodriguez from Pose. It's just like all these actors talking to each other on Zoom. So my question is, if you could have any actor talk to any other actor on Zoom or like anywhere else, who are your top picks? Not all at once. <laughs> Can I do dead ones? Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, w- I, I think it'd be interesting to have Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe talk to each other because they kind of are at opposite ends of the, you know, ideal female spectrum. Mm. Um, And they're both great actresses. They're both dead. Uh, So that would be interesting. That's a really good answer. Um, I was scrolling through to see who has done it already to not repeat anybody. And it feels as though they have... Like almost everybody covered. <laughs> and I, every time I was like, what about this person? And they have been interviewed before. So I feel as though my answer is going to be, I want to take, I wish that this existed in another universe where like you could take like my elementary school teacher who made fun of my height and then my soccer coach who said something else offensive and like what? put them on an actors by actors situation. Like I want normal people to be interviewed with the high production value and have those. <laughs> and you want to put them on the spot? Yeah. And I think everyone should be kind of in this situation. But yeah, like every that. single actor I thought of has already been interviewed <laughs> in the Actors by Actors That's fair. segment. I also was thinking about that and I was like, I think you really have to level it up. I'm going to try to use mm. Rihanna in every answer Ooh. for this segment and going forward. I want Beyonce <laughs> and Rihanna to do it. They're both oh, technically be- actors. Rihanna was yeah. in Battleship and Beyonce was in Dreamgirls. <laughs> That's true. And Beyonce never does interviews and I want her to actually open up, Ooh, you know, right. about how On she the spot. Yeah, that's a good one. 
like that. Um, Amelia, what is your question? Um, this, I guess, is this this is a dumb question now that I'm reading over it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe you guys will purchase Animal Crossing. Probably not. Um, so, PETA, the last time Animal Crossing talked about, hey, we're doing, we you can catch bugs for your little bug museum. PETA got pissed off because that's what they love to do. They love to get angry um, about just dumb things that, <laughs> that aren't even real. Uh, and now the new Animal Crossing update is here for anyone who is interested. Again, uh, no one except for me on this podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and now you can dive into the ocean and catch Uh-oh. starfish and see creatures uh, like that. And do you think PETA will come back with another tweet accusing Animal Crossing of being evil? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do. Because yes. they are okay. bored. And That's they're as true. bored as we are. That's you know? true. And my, I'll raise you an unanswerable question. Ooh. Will Veg News write about PETA tweeting Ooh. about the new Animal Crossing update? Great question. What has Veg News been up to? We have not checked in with them in a long time. Oh Me either. God. I'll have to. I'll have to do that for next week. Yeah, we'll start that category <laughs> next week. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya, our lovely producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell, and I'm Amelia Wedemeyer.